The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and I've got my essential podcast guest, Rich. What's going on, Rich? Hey, Arch. How you doing? Just hanging out in Chicago, waiting for the weather to get a little bit better, and uh, go outside with some civil disobedience and maybe start playing basketball or something. Oh. <laughs> Is that, you're you're going to weaponize basketball and turn it into a, a movement for good? Yes, yes, indeed. Instead of watching uh, Kevin Durant play imaginary basketball on TV on ESPN, I'll go out and show the people how it's done. <laughs> yeah. You got a good jump shot, Rich? Freaky shooter, to be honest with you. I'm kind of older now. I'm sitting putting half in the computer screen all day. It messed up my um, my vision. So I, I don't see it as well as I used to. And if I wear contacts, I feel like um, – Ground is a little lower than it is, so my steps are kind of heavy. Like if I'm wearing shoe size three times too big, like a clown or something. So I was a streaky shooter when I was younger. You know, I was definitely a first step kind of guy, beat you up and bounce and then get to the rim. But now that I'm a little bit older, uh, you know, I do rely on that old man game, hugging, pulling, pushing, following, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, bumping you out of my way to get to the basket. I was playing that game in junior high, man. <laughs> That's how I yeah, play. I was playing football and wrestling back then. I yeah. was a wrestler in college and played football in high school. Didn't play basketball, though. My sophomore year, I, I tried out for the basketball team. I made the cut. Probably would have been the starting point guard. I'm not a tall guy, and I suffered from Woody Harrelson thing. You know, I had five foot nine, brown hair, brown eyes, uh, 22 inch vertical. And uh, but my wrestling coach wouldn't let the basketball coach keep me. So absolutely not. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was forced to wrestle. Sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> what might have been? It was fun. I mean, I, it was fun. A uh, good time in wrestling. A lot of college scholarship offers, but uh, I didn't go to college right away. Ah, gotcha. Too much of a party animal. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Construction work. Every year and a half. Oh. That, was, that was fun. I hit myself in the nose with a hammer. And then from there, decided that construction wasn't my thing. I better go to college. <laughs> oh man! Well, that's good to know. We got the, we got the backstory here. We we're piecing together a whole picture of you, Rich. I, I had I had Chicago mobster pegged. I thought about that, but you know, I, I I don't think that I would be willing to give up my freedom unless it was for a crime. That if I got away with it, I would set my family for generation after generation after generation after generation. They would need at least. Two, if not three comments. Okay. Okay. So it would have to be the big heist. I got you. Yes. 
Okay. Well, okay. Speaking of making money in a bunch of different columns, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, there's really not a lot going on in horse racing because states uh, by state are closing down some of the tracks. I think we have like eight tracks still running. Uh, most of them are in Florida, uh, Tampa, and Gulfstream, and, but, and in the South, Texas. I think all of them that are running are either in Texas, Arkansas, or uh, Florida at the moment, with the exception of Los Alamitos in California, which is probably going to get shut down, I would suspect, because they shut down Santa Anita, then they recently shut down Golden Gate. So I'd be surprised if Los Alamitos made the cut. Um, the biggest race this weekend is in is in Arkansas at Oaklawn Park. The ninth race on their card. It's a hundred thousand dollar race for fillies, three year old female horses, where they're going to run six furlongs on the uh, Arkansas track. I think we uh, we have some some four really competitive horses in this race. That I think have a, a good shot in winning the race. Our first pick is uh, number eight, Frank's Rocket. A great name for a girl horse. And yeah, it's a great name. She's uh, come off the bench. She had been on break since October 6th and then uh, returned to work uh, on February 22nd at Gulfstream Park. Came out, got out first, ran away from a field of six. In a six furlong race um, and run one by seven as the even money favorite. And uh, I like when I see a horse come off the bench, not necessarily run, as we talked about before, strong speed figure. But I also like when they come out and they put one of these big performances. See that in the stretch they were winning by three, three and a half lengths. And in the final 16th, um, they ended up stretching that lead out to seven. So I call those big performances. And more often than not, I have found that a big performance like that, the next race follows a very similar type pattern. So I would expect Frank's Rocket to get out of the you know, get out of the gate in a hurry, get near the lead. And when you see that three and a half with a big, you know, that a big extension late in a race, a lot of times the jockey's not really telling that horse, let's go with full enthusiasm. He's tapping it, letting it go, running maybe, you know, it up to 90%, but not at 100%. So the reason I think the next race a lot of times is bigger is because when the jockey really gets into the horse and says, let's go, um, that's an indication that they have a lot more in tank than what they really put down on the track. But, yeah, so I like Frank Rockets on top. Um, but, again, there's four horses in this field that I think are very competitive. And I give, them this, give her, excuse me, the slight edge. Uh, the second horse that we like, and we have ranked second, is the, is the, the horse riding the rail, the one horse, Amari. Now, he hasn't run since November the 1st, running out in Santa Anita. And I think you're going to start to see a lot of those West Coast horses and East Coast horses move their way south. Um, there'll be a lot of shippers because, you know, they got to run where, they, where, they, where the tracks are open and you can run. Right? You're not going to earn any money running around the practice lap over at Santa Anita. She's shipping in from California, and she's won most of her races since coming over uh, from Great Britain in her second route. Uh, she started the, her career on, on dirt, won her maiden race at Keeneland in Kentucky by 15 lengths. Hasn't won on the dirt since. Now she's returning to work in the last, um, since November 1st, 
And in her last three workouts, two of them were called bullet workouts. In other words, they're really fast compared to all the other workouts. So I suspect that she's going to take back the dirt, look much like she did in her first race where she won by 15 lengths. And um, you might be able to get decent odds on her because she's right now four to one. A little bit of a question mark if she can make that dirt, uh, that, that grass, the dirt flip. I suspect that her workouts and her one race on dirt uh, lean towards the heavy yes. She will be able to take to the surface and run just as well as she has on, on the turf. And I expect her to be in the uh, in the mix. And, you know, it could be pretty decent odds from there. Our third pick is the four horse, his weight. And this horse just came out uh, on February 29th at Oak Lawn. was her uh, debut race. She got the lead and won by five. Wasn't even challenged by any of the other six horses. And again, she extended her lead late, her late, uh, her lead late, moving from three lengths in the final 16th to five lengths. I would expect again, this is a horse that's going to improve in her second race, as many horses do, which would give her a triple-digit speed figure, which would be, I think, more than enough to win the race. And uh, I suspect that you'll see more from her in round two than you did in round one. And we're rounding out our top four picks with the six horse. That's Lexi on the move. Uh, she's undefeated in two career starts. Both, um, both of them were at Oak Lawn, so you know, she's familiar with the track. And <clears throat> you look at that and say, well, she's undefeated in two. Go from a maiden race to an optional option training race, stepping up in class. The logical step is to step up in class and be able to be competitive again because this is like the, the next level up. Her trainer, Robertino Diodor, probably called that up badly, but he um, he wins a 27% following a win. One thing I didn't like here a little bit is that the fractions were the same as they were essentially in the first race. I would like to see a slight improvement. In fact, her final time was a tenth of a second slower than her debut race. Still good times, but I would have liked to see a little bit of improvement in there. That could just be where she is, that her, you know, her level. And that level might not be enough to beat our top three picks. So if you put it together, we like the eight, the one, the four, and the six. That work. Um, but you might think about an exact box using those or trifecta box. Uh, I do like the eight, one, and four a little bit more than I like the six. So maybe a trifecta box, one, four, eight. I mean, a, a, a exact box, one, four, eight. And then maybe a trifecta, one, four, eight, one, four, six, eight, one, four, six, eight. I got you. Cool. Cool. I like it. No love for mm -hmm. kiss. No love for kiss the girl, huh? Well, we always want to do that. So, um, but when I'm looking at the, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm going through the handicapping mm -hmm. and looking for the, um, the horses that I like, um, yeah, I, I kind of try not to pay attention to the name as much as we might like them. But that's a horse that's won, uh, uh, won running his last two races on, on swap. And it did come through and win her, you know, she did win her last race, which was her second race off the break. A lot of times, one of the big favorite handicapping angles, the third layoff after arrest. It's one of the classic ones that just about everybody learns right away. It did show improvement in the last race, 
I, I don't think that she's got the just doesn't seem to have the punch that some of the other horses have. If you look, for example, at her um, her her fractions, they're like a second or two behind some of the top horses. So she'd have to really improve in terms of her running uh, to get into that upper pack. Okay, okay. I just saw Asmussen as the trainer and thought, well, he dominates down there pretty well. So Yeah, no, he's a good. You know, down in Arkansas, I think one of the better trainers down there is actually Brad Cox. So you see his name on a uh, on a horse, uh, you know, that's one definitely worth considering. Okay. And because he is a pretty good uh, he's he's one of the better trainers down there in uh, in that like southeast area. Cool. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out. Brad Cox. Okay. Nice to know. All right. Mm-hmm. You wanted to talk Derby Futures too, right? Yeah, since there's really not a lot going on, the, uh, <laughs> one of the things that you can look to do is uh, bet for the future because that's all we have to look forward to right now, right? I mean, for a lot of us, uh, you know, where I live in Illinois, unlike you, uh, our governors decided to, to break out the, the heavy handedness of government and lock us all down. I mean, you still have your freedom in Missouri, so yeah, I am at the moment. <laughs> for the rest of us locked in our house, all we can do is look at So Kentucky Derby Futures Pool is open, and uh, there are a couple horses in here that I think you might want to consider. But last week we talked about Tis the Law, uh, how I felt he was a touch uh, above all the other horses in the uh, in that race. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, you watched the race, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he dominated that race, made it look easy against uh, a good quality field. I, I think right now... He's my favorite to win Kentucky Derby. Um, he may or may not get there, obviously. I mean, he's in the race, um, but he may or may not get to the wire first. Yeah, it shows up in September to Churchill. But at least you know he's in the race. Mm-hmm. You can't cash a ticket on a horse that hasn't qualified, right, in the future. So <laughs> yeah. you have to make sure at this point that you're at least betting horses that are in the field. Of the horses that are in the field, I think Tis the Law right now is the one to beat. And you're going to get six to one on him in, in the Futures Pool. I'll bet you right now, at minus him not running in the race, I, I suspect that he'll be lower than six to one, be one of the two primary favorites when they actually hit the track in September, provided, you know, things actually come to pass. Yeah, yeah. So I think at six to one on Tis the Law, probably going to be. He might be five to two, two to one from Derby Day. So you can see the considerable difference that you'll get on that. Okay. Uh, a, a, lot, a little longer shot is uh, our Wells Bayou that we saw yeah. on as well. He's, he's 30 to one. 30 to one. I see that. Uh-huh. And if you look at his race at the um, Louisiana Derby, one of the things he did, you find it happens a lot at the Derby nowadays. The horse gets to the front and speed holds up. Now, that's the first weekend in May. Track might be different come September. Um, but I would suspect after a summer of hot, humid, dry conditions, the track will be hard, which means it will be fast and should favor speed. So 30 to 1 on Wells Bayou, I think it's a pretty good um, bet. So that's what we're doing. Uh, he, he might be 30 to 1 that day as well because he's probably going to be one of the longer shots. But I did like the way he ran that race up on the lead. Remember last year, um, had a, like maximum security almost had a little CTE moment there. 
got to the lead, held the lead, kind of veered out a little bit, bumped another horse and got disqualified. But that's kind of been the winning angle lately at the Derby is get a horse that gets out to the front and, and then they, hunt, they hang on late as all the other horses bump and tire each other out in those deep fields. And then finally, another horse that I would consider adding because he's definitely going to be in the race is Authentic. And we talked about him too um, back at the San Felipe Stakes. Another one that gets out to the lead and hasn't been challenged. Right now, that Bob Affleck horse eight to one. So I would, uh, those would be the three horses right now that I would rank as my top three. So you probably got the two race favorites and Authentic and Tis the Law. And then a long shot who blows by you, where if he can get up on the lead, run decent fractions, he's shown that he can run a longer race on the lead and, you know, and hold on. So that's kind of what you're looking for on Derby Day. Okay. A couple questions for you real quick. When we're doing Kentucky Derby Futures, is this locked in? Are these odds locked in, or is this another paramutual for the Futures? Well, they are paramutuals in the Futures, so it's going to depend on how the money comes in. Mm-hmm. But just look at the pool. I mean, you can go to, like, Twin Spires or, you know, bet us or whatever uh, service that you use to do your online betting. And you'll see what the odds are uh, are there. So you might get better or worse odds. Right. I can, let me, I'll log in right now and tell you what, you know, what they look like. But the, the odds are, they're available. the odds are not locked in when we pull, if we bet today, we don't know what we're technically going to get paid until the, until the Kentucky Derby. Or are we, are we, no, are we, you'll know exactly when the pool closes, whatever those odds okay. are, when the pool closes, which okay. it closes on Sunday. So um, you're not going to get Kentucky Derby odds. You're going to get the pool's odds. So let's just say the law goes, you know, five to one is where he ends up. Um, you'll get five to one regardless of. Okay. Okay. All the other three-year-olds looks like the favorite five to two that I'm seeing right now. Yeah, it's always that. Um, those are horses that aren't on that list. That's the field, right? And those are right, and those okay. are horses that haven't probably earned any qualifying okay. points. Okay. And that, you know, I said you have to make sure the horse is in the field. A lot of the outside the Arkansas Derby, which is coming up on May second, they they were going to run the Derby. There are no other qualifying races that are set yet, because you had two races at Keeneland and one at. Um, an aqueduct race that was supposed to happen tomorrow at Santa Anita, they've all been postponed. Mm. And I have no idea, nobody has any idea if and when those races are going to be rescheduled. And if they're not rescheduled, horses that were planning on earning those points aren't going to get the points to get in. So I think all of the field, and I think it's highly unlikely that you're going to see any horse that's not already in or earned at some points in this upcoming race. Damn. Unless, um, and I think this is a probability. I don't know. I haven't heard before. But in years past, like last year when Santa and Ida had to close down because the horses were breaking down and dying, mm-hmm. um, they had two divisions. Uh, in the, I think it was in the Arkansas Derby, too, if I recall correctly. So instead of having one race, they had two races where horses qualified. I would suspect that on uh, May 2nd, the Arkansas Derby, there's going to be more than one race that day for qualifying points. So people can bring their horses in from all around the country and maybe there'll be two of them. Maybe there'll be three of them. Wow. So, uh, so I would suspect that you're going to have a, a lot of horses that day running for Kentucky Derby points, just because they don't know if any of those other races are going to be scheduled. And 
that's the case, then the field could be locked in by May 2nd. And you don't want to bet a horse um, that's not going to be in the field because you're basically just walking out to the trash can, opening it up, and throwing your 20 bucks in there. <laughs> right, right. Might as well just send it to me. Yeah, there you go. We'll take it. Yeah, well, hopefully people have a little bit of extra money. Last week we hit that uh, social paranoia pretty well. It looked a little little scary too late, but when he came charging up at the end, I was like, poof. Looked a little scary. Richie was in last fucking place, and then he exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but <laughs> I, I was expecting him to hit the, you know, the line first. And that was a pretty decent trifecta. I think it paid 300 bucks or something. Like yeah, it that. was yeah, right around 300 bucks. Yeah. I was just like, I was telling people, it was just like Rich drew it up. He said he's, he's going to just hang back, social paranoia. He's going to be in last place and then just all of a sudden just decide to win the race. Just just like you called it, man. Yeah, that was a, it was a, it was nice to see that we hit a nice one there. And hopefully everybody was able to, to hit it collect a little bit of money and hopefully we can take a little bit of it today on the weekend and put it through at the uh at oakland park and uh hopefully no bad beats yeah you ever watch that on uh, espn i think it's one of the few segments i really enjoy yeah 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 bad beats yeah so like if you bet some bay to win <laughs> to win uh gulf stream last weekend that would have been a bad beat yeah getting nipped at the wire one of them that they had on last night they were showing the uh the like the back, the worst beats for for players uh, in college basketball this year, and there was a game where the over under was one forty seven and a half. They hit one, I think it was one forty four, with like four and a half minutes to go in the game. Then they didn't score until like two and a half minutes to go again. Then the kid made two buckets. It was like two and a half minutes left to go in the game. The over under was one forty seven and a half. Uh-huh. And they were on 147, and they did not score another point in the next two minutes and 30 seconds. I don't know about you, but I think uh, I might be running around the streets, uh, half naked, screaming, talking to myself if that happened to me. No joke. No joke. Well, so, you know what happened is somebody out there, this is the rule in life, somebody out there chalked that as a W. They wrote it down somewhere. They had a bet on it, and they said, oh, the over just is going to win. I'm going to write down a W. That's it. They made the, go- the gambling gods angry. Yeah, I could well be counting the old chickens before the hatch. I've had a couple of those. I didn't have a. I sort of had a bad beat in horse racing. Way back in the day when I was working at a company called Zach's, working with institutional portfolio managers and stuff, um, there was an OTB that was maybe three blocks from where my office was, mm-hmm. which is probably why I decided to go to work there. <laughs> and so at lunchtime, I, you know, I went over to my partner, Mike, who was a, a golfer and Hey man, I'm going to go over and make this bet. You want to make it with me? Because yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. How much is it? And I did the math. It was like sixty bucks. He said, I'll give you twenty. I went over, and you know, I've been at this for a long time, and I know exactly how to calculate how much a bet's going to cost and all that kind of stuff. But when you go to the OTB, if you've ever been to one, for whatever reason, everybody waits to the very last second to bet on a race. But I'm at the window, and there's an upcoming race that has nothing to do with what I'm going to bet because I'm. I'm going to watch him while I'm back at my desk being productive for my company. And I um, put my ticket in, and it's like $6 short. And I can't figure out why is my my ticket $6 short. doesn't make sense. Maybe I did my math wrong, but I'm looking at it, looking at it, and I, I, I guess, I, guess it's, I must have just did some wrong math. I go back to my desk. While I was gone, I, I did what's called a pick four bet where you have to 
you have to pick the winner in four consecutive races. And I get back to my desk and I missed the first race by a couple minutes. So I just looked to see who won it. Coincidentally, it was at Gulfstream Park. And so I looked and the horse was 99-1 that I had picked in my pick four ticket to win. And then I looked at my ticket and guess of all the horses that were on my ticket, I think I had four races, four horses in the first race. I forget exactly how I had it, but he had every horse but one of the horses that I had on my ticket. On my ticket. Uh, guess which one he didn't have? The 99? The 99. <sighs> that ticket paid $120,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to talk about it? Upset. That's about as bad a beat as you can get. That is. Oh, man, and it's oh, man. It's not even a bad beat. That's just, oof. That's just heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's really that that that'll never. I mean, I'll be laying in my deathbed, and I'll be thinking about that. Like when I get up there, dear Lord, I'm going to ask you why. Why? Fifteen horses on my ticket. Why is that the only one that was not? Yeah. Oh, you better have a good answer. <laughs> Otherwise, you might not make it yeah, in. Well, you might get sent the other way. I might not even get to ask the question. <laughs> oh, boy. Any other bad beats you remember? Anything good? Well, football, I know you like to do football. Back in the day, uh, Arkansas, when they had, uh, I don't know, way back, I'm dating myself, but they had Darren McFadden and Felix Jones, very dynamic backfield. And they were, they were playing. I don't even know who they were playing, but... So the game was, they, they were favored by, I don't know, maybe a touchdown. I, I don't remember the exact details, but I do remember how I got beat. So Arkansas was up by like 10 or something like that, favored by uh, something like five. And like two minutes left to go in the game. So the team is, you know, they're fourth down and they have to kick a field goal to make it a one, one score game. Even if they kick the field goal, I suspect that Arkansas is going to get the ball back kill the clock, game over, I cover if they make the field goal. I don't cover if they score a touchdown. So they go to kick the field goal, and the two edge guys try to go block this field goal. And they don't run into the kicker directly, but they run into each other. 100 miles an hour, both of them. Bam! And the collision causes one of the guys to take out the kicker. Boom, out comes the flag, 15 yards, roughing the kicker. They go in and score the touchdown. They kick off. The guy from Arkansas fumbles. I picks up the ball. I think they got it to like the one-yard line, punching in again. So in like a minute and 30 seconds, I went from covering, if they make the field goal, getting the ball, to actually losing the game outright. <laughs> because two guys come off the edge, one slams into the other too hard, and cushion of the hit. Knocked the other dude right through the other kicker. I was just like, you have got to be kidding. Oh. I think that's about as bad as a thing as I've ever seen. It's That's pretty bad. I, uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> oh, How about man. you? I, I'm trying to think of a bad beat I had. I'm maybe trusting Pete Carroll to run the football in the in the Super Bowl. That that I'm still convinced I was on the right side of that game, taking the Seahawks yeah. against the Pats, but yeah. Well, we all know what happened there, right? But- R- the interception, man, I, yeah, that still sticks in my craw. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced I was on, I was, I was on the right side that game. They, uh, Seattle, fucked that one up. Pete Carroll, fucked that one up. 
Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, Shanahan did second year in a row, right? Or second time in a row in the Super Bowl. Atlanta and now mm-hmm. with San Francisco, just kind of killed the clock. Instead, he decided to throw the ball and incomplete. Same thing he did when he was uh, with Atlanta against uh, the Patriot, Patriots in the Super Bowl. Jeez, yeah. You, you got to wonder about You know, that. the interesting thing about that play in the Seattle game, because yeah. Carroll came out, I think they run one-yard passes in the NFL like 89 times or something that year and Mm -hmm. like all of them converted and that was like the only one that didn't Mm. so they well the the Patriots joked about it afterwards they knew that thing was coming they knew that that's what Seattle liked to do maybe they were stealing Mm -hmm. this maybe they were stealing the signals or the signs I don't know but (laughs) Uh, there's probably a a two of was on the sidelines banging the garbage can exactly (laughs) oh man I, I'm looking forward to getting some baseball someday. Someday, for sure. But uh, one of the things I'm going to do, you know, we talked a little bit about the stock market. The next couple oh, yeah. of weeks, I'm going to really start digging through uh, some of the companies that are, you know, in the gaming industry, since that's mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah. If we're giving them our money, right, we might as well think about owning our, you know, owning their, their stocks if they make sense, too. So I'm going to start digging through some of those companies. Nice. See what I can find, if there's any really good values out there. Uh, one of the things I noticed... Uh, just from that whole two trillion dollar whatever it is that spending act, um, one of the things I noticed is that they're giving companies a, a big tax credit. Um, so the more companies, so I think it's like you can take fifty percent of ten thousand dollars in income for full time employees. I have to get into it more, but so five thousand dollars per employee. So you figure that the companies that have more employees, right? they'll get a bigger benefit from that tax break. So I'm going to be digging into these companies, see what's out there. And if there's anything that's really kind of worthy of our um, attention, uh, I'll certainly let you know. I would suspect that there's probably a a pretty decent correlation between their stock prices and NFL betting season, because, you know, that's the bulk of betting. But I would imagine that, you know, the stocks kind of correlate a little bit with the NFL season. So with that coming up, who knows, maybe we can find a couple of companies, put a couple of bucks in, and then, uh, you know, that'll give us a little bit of uh, insurance policy in case some of our picks don't go right. I like it. Yeah. I don't know if you're a big Sopranos guy, but that's always what the, they talk about in the Sopranos during the NFL. This is my busy time of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's what, like, I've read it's something like 80% of their, their revenue from sports books, some, some super high amount. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Interestingly we enough, get on that. oh yeah. Interestingly enough, world worldwide, the NBA is is really catching up though, in, in, as far as the world goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of betting. Yes, in terms of betting, I, I was just reading a paper about that just a few weeks back. How the NBA is really making strides on the globe, as far as betting. Hmm. Well, that's good because you're pretty good at picking NBA games, and uh, you know the system I put together is is well. So maybe you and I can. Uh, and all the folks who listen to us can can benefit financially from uh, an exploding business because as I think at the end of 2020, only I think it's only 11 states aren't going to have online betting. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, and I can't imagine that the other 11 are going to let the other uh, 39 swallow up that money and, and then uh, take a cut of it. No, I can't imagine they will. They're going to have to wave the white flag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pretty soon, I think, by the end of 2021, 2022, all 50 states will have it. uh, If you can find your way into that business, it's a good place for people to maybe make some money. I think so. I think so, yeah. 
Oh, that's assuming we're not on uh Corona wave three or four, you know, next year. Corona wave five. Hopefully not. It did seem like they had a little bit of optimism. I read that they're, um, they're, they're releasing more patients in New York than they're taking in. And I think at least now we talked about this last week, there are some people out there who are starting to question the models a little bit and say, Hey, what are you people doing? You told us by now there was going to be 120,000 people in the hospital. There's only 30,000. You guys are off by a factor of four. What the hell's going on? <laughs> We're making all these decisions on models that are apparently not working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the same people probably modeling global warming, too. But that's a whole other topic, Rich. <laughs> I think right now it might do us a little bit safer for all the now fired up for SUVs because supposedly this thing dies with warmer temperatures. Yeah, so there you go. Anyone out there with an SUV, just go out, let it idle for a while, and we'll fill this much. Better. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, man. Is there anything else we need to know before I kick you out of here? No, that's it, Arch. Hopefully uh, by this time next week, uh, or at least by Mother's Day, let's hope. Things will start to open back up a little bit again, or at least maybe the NBA will be playing in Las Vegas, all quarantined in, and uh, we'll have some other things to on our table to talk about. That would be so nice. All right, Rich, you take care, man. You as well, Arch. Stay safe. I look forward to being unlocked as well soon. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners or participants be held liable for damages related to its content. This podcast has tested negative for corona and in no way endorses people exercising their constitutional rights.